Hey friends, Chaz Robbins here, producer of The Pastor's Table. Thanks for joining us in the new year. In our last episode of 2023, we mentioned that we are doing a listener survey. We designed The Pastor's Table to be a place where pastors can come together to share stories and unity around what theological integrity looks like in your context. That's why we would love to hear from you on our listener survey. Many of you have already shared helpful insights and suggestions on what you'd like to hear more of on the Pastor's Table podcast. The survey will be available until the end of this month, January 2024. Just go to our website, thepastorstable.com, and click Take Listener Survey. Again, the website is thepastorstable.com to take the survey and join the conversation. Thanks again for joining us for another year on the Pastor's Table. Enjoy today's episode. From Northern Seminary and the Center for Theological Integrity, this is the Pastor's Table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The Pastor's Table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Reverend Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom. Welcome to the Pastor's Table. I'm Mark Quanstrom. And I'm Tara Beth Leach, and we are joyed and overthrilled to be here. Oh, I love that. I think joyed it works. <laughs> I am joyed. That's really works. Yes. If, if you didn't listen to our last episode and you're wondering, she said it wrong. Well, listen to the ep- last episode. Yeah, there we go. And you, you'll know uh, where that comes from. But no, really, we are, we're, we're getting into it. We're talking about pastoral ministry, the nitty gritty. This is part two of last episode mm-hmm. where I've been sharing some of the ups and downs that I've been navigating, mostly all up. And mm-hmm. I shared a little bit um, honestly about the moment that I knew that the honeymoon was over. Well, and the context is, I mean, the reason is the disaffiliation of your local yeah, congregation yeah. from your de- mm-hmm. denomination, which right. is a big deal. I mean, right. a lot of people don't make it through that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, the pressure on a pastor mm-hmm. to navigate that, uh, to lead well through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we ended the last podcast with me asking you what kind of challenges, internal challenges that you had. And you mentioned in the last podcast that uh, you shared with your church on Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, probably as vulnerably as you ever have regarding yeah. this. Is that right? Right. Well, and you know, there was, there's, I really prayed about, okay, what does the church need to hear from me? Because I was not the spokesperson at any of the town halls. All because of the council. This is lay led. This is their church. Uh, it's my, you know, and I do, can, I am a right. member. I became, I actually right. became a member of the church in 2010. And, you know, this is a church that I that I love so dearly. And so so it's my church, too. But this is this is their church. Okay. And so this was a council decision. This is council led. And I am here as a shepherd in the journey. Okay, they're the council, but they're not the pastor. Yes. However, it started to become increasingly um, apparent that the congregation really wanted to know how I felt. Right. We started to get more emails. There started to be narratives. Does Tara Beth really want this? Are we sure? We don't want to vote yes if this is not what Pastor oh, Tara Beth wants. they needed to hear from you. They needed to hear from me. People wanted to know, how is she doing? Is she is she doing okay? We're worried right. about her. How is she right. navigating all this? And so I think that it is really, really important 
uh, for a pastor, yes, I mean, I've been putting on a brave face right. because I do think that the congregation has needed that. I, but I also think that a pastor can put on a brave face and be brave and be courageous while also naming the human emotions that pastors navigate when we go through change. Yes. So this is a significant change for our congregation. And so I, um, one of the things that we do for these Shepherd's Heart Lives is, is we set it up like a living room. Um, oh yeah, it's on a platform, right? So, so there's a chair, you know. There's wow, yeah. And so, because we, we want to make it com- conversational, these Shepherd's Heart Live events are. It's not me doing a PowerPoint presentation, casting a vision. Right. There's been PowerPoint, right. but this is more inviting people into the living room of our minds of the pastoral staff, and, and in particular mind, and this one, and, and me sharing my heart. And so we set it up uh, like a living room. All right. Okay. And um, I. I opened things up, and then I called up our pastors one by one, and eventually there are four of us sitting around on these couches okay. on the platform. But I began with things acknowledging how difficult this is. And the congregation to that point had not heard me say that I thought that this was difficult. Okay. And I said, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Moses and the Israelites, how that moment, you know, they crossed the Red Sea, and they were in the honeymoon. Oh, you made you made reference to this yes. on Thursday. Yes, I said, they were in the honeymoon. We're free. The future is bright. And then they thought, oh, no. At least back in Egypt, we could have meat. Right. Um, then the, the grumbling began. And I wonder if when was the moment that Moses turned to Miriam or Aaron— mm. Or Jethro and said, oh, remember that honeymoon that we had for a minute? Mm. Boy, is that over. Yeah. And a lot of that is because the Israelites were navigating constant change. I mean, their lives were upended and the change was significant. And for us as a church, things are being upended. People feel it that way. You know, change is never, never It's never easy unless it's really good, exciting change, you know, like a new marriage. But there's an adjustment period even to that, Mm -hmm. a new child. Mm -hmm. There's an adjustment period even to that. And I reflected with the congregation on our honeymoon season. I said, I had a lot of fear and trembling over how excited you were about me. Right. That's always scary. It's really scary. Imposter syndrome kind of kicks in. It was just, they had they were just thrilled. Yeah, I'm. I cannot realize your expectations. Yes, right? and so I felt like the first five months was trying to bring their expectations down. I can't tell you how many times I said publicly, I said, "It's not if I disappoint you, but it's when." Yes, right. And eventually, we're going to wake up, and this is this is still going to be our church with with the problems, with the bumps, with the bruises, right. with the warts, with the right. underbelly. And so it was really, really scary for me. And, you know, then I reflected on just the reality of change and the different moments of change that I've experienced as a pastor. And then I said, you know, change is hard for you and change is really hard for me. And I said, some of you in this room are really hopeful about the future. And then others of you are really afraid. And I reflected on the power of the table because we are a Eucharistic church. We mm-hmm. we come to the Lord's table every single week. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I, I also navigated with them just some of the change that the church has experienced over the last four years. There's been a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, pastors, us pastors, 
I said, you know, we sometimes don't always cope in ways that you might think. Oh you know? no, that would intrigue them. Yeah, they want to hear. They want to hear the rest of that sentence. Right. I said, you know, sometimes pastors and I. I didn't make this totally personal, but I said, just in general, I said, sometimes pastors are afraid of letting you down. Right. Sometimes pastors are really, really afraid of failure. Sometimes? Sometimes pastors are really afraid that they're going to split a church or they're really afraid of the loss of relationships. Uh When people leave, that Uh, really hurts. It's a killer. Sometimes pastors wear the weight of the church on their shoulders in greater ways than they ought to. Right. Uh, sometimes pastors will obsess over the negative voices, and sometimes pastors will read the negative emails only and believe that is the whole. Uh, sometimes pastors, the, the, the concern for the church's well-being consumes our mind. It consumes our mind when we're home or on the dinner table with our families. Night between two and four. It, it consumes our mind at two a.m., four a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes pastors don't navigate criticism well, and it has an impact on our body. We feel it physically. Mm-hmm. We feel it physically in our stomachs and our guts, mm-hmm. um, and in the ways that it creates anxiety. And sometimes pastors carry the weight of expectations more than they should with an incredible fear of not being able to meet the expectations of the church. Yes. This is all a friend you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I said, I said, and I'm not immune to any of this. Right. Right. But then I went on and I said, you know, after reflecting on how challenging change is, I said, you know, it's interesting because I've I've done a lot of research on change. And as I've researched on change, you know, I've I've learned about, you know, early adopters and late adopters and how organizational structures and how to pastor through change. And I said, and I could sit here and I could talk to you about everything I've learned about change. But what I want to talk about is how we as a church are going to practice fidelity to the Lord and to one another as we go through this change. That's a great message. And you know, I said, because one of the things that I, I think about is, yeah, we're disaffiliating from a congregation, but when we wake up and we come to church next Sunday, someone's going to open up the Word of God and preach right. the gospel. Someone is going to to lead the church into a song of praise. Someone is going to come into this place looking for hope. There's still going to be this this table in our cafe of of a group of people that have been doing life together for 45 years, and they eat coffee cake together, and and they're still going to be there. Mm-hmm. And our student ministries is still going to be rocking and rolling on Sunday nights, and we're still going to be changing diapers of littles, and we're still mm-hmm. going to be a church that is going to be known for what we are for and that we are for Jesus. We are for uh, people. We are for those with disabilities. We are for families. We are for our community and for our world, and that's what we're going to get after. And so with that, how are we going to navigate change together? And I talked to them through. I said, well, first, we've got to pray. We've got to pray, and then we've got to pray against letting uh, the evil one get a foothold on our tongues mm-hmm. through gossip and division, and um, and then you know I said how can we how can we see this conflict you know you know because disagreement's not a bad thing, 
can be a beautiful thing. But how can we see this conflict and times of disagreement as an opportunity for growth? And then I shared with the church, I said, I hope you know how much I love you. This, of course, has been hard for all of us. I see your fears. I see your anxiety. I'm, I, I feel it too. But your pastoral staff loves you more than we even know how to express. And we're with you. And we're with this and in this for the long haul. And so that was a really vulnerable time for me. So did they sense at the end that you were for the Mm -hmm. disaffiliation? Yes. You never said those words. No. Well, the Friday before, I, our past, me and then three of our other pastors and staff wrote a letter. To the church? Yes. Encouraging them yes. toward it? Um, no, not encouraging them to vote yes or no. Okay. But endorsing the change. Okay. All right. So now, so the concern that you addressed on Thursday was, is this going to cost us our pastor after all? Correct. What they needed to hear from you was, mm-hmm. yeah, this is hard, but we're still going to be here. And this is the church we're still going to be. And this is the church. No matter what the be. vote is, like right. we are still going to be right. serving the poor right. uh, through a ministry called Hesed House. We're still, you know, going to be doing all these things that we do. Like this is still Good Shepherd. Yeah, that's yes. And so. That was Thursday night, mm-hmm. and the word got around in your church that that's mm-hmm. what you shared, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that Good Shepherd was still going to be Good Shepherd, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you called them to fidelity to each other mm-hmm. in spite of the difficulty, in spite mm-hmm. of the, in spite of the fear that change mm-hmm. generates, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday you voted, mm-hmm. and it was very positive. Yeah, I mean, can you say how positive it was? So we're still certifying the okay, vote. Okay, still certifying <laughs> yes. the vote. But the first um, announcement was 95%. But, the, you know, we have to certify the vote. So What's the relationship change? between you're telling them on Thursday, Good Shepherd's going to be Good Shepherd no matter what, mm-hmm. and the 95% vote on Sunday? Mm-hmm. What's the relationship between those two? Yeah, I I think it's pretty big. People, the Good Shepherd Church is a church that is, it is congregationally led, and it's a church that cares about their pastors. Oh, uh, wow. And so while I had not said much um, leading up to that night, because I really wanted to stay out of the way of the council, really wanted to stay out of the way of the council. Now, I was, you know, with the council, and, right. but this was, right. this they needed to be the face of this change. Right. And, um, but now, the, the, so the church had not heard a lot from me on this. Okay, so... The church votes to disaffiliate from the denomination, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The work's not over. No. No, actually, we have a second vote in May. Another vote? We have to vote what? twice. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, May, in May? This is January. This is five months away. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Why do you have to vote again? Oh, it goes Because of through... the polity? Yeah, because of the polity. Yep. Yeah, but we're, but we're not afraid at this point. Like, at this point, yeah, we know yeah, we're okay. Yeah, the hard vote was taken. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually have dual membership right now. We're currently part of two denominations. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it's wild. You're probably going to go to heaven for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm going to take communion twice now. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah, especially in your church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> communion twice a day. Actually, I do. 
four times. <laughs> but oh, I you guess go. you would. Yeah. I get lots of grace. Okay, so so you were the shepherd on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it was a moment for us where our congregation was like, you know what, we're in this. Yeah, we're in this for the long haul. This is a yeah. long haul kind of thing, and this is not going to change who we are. The yeah. the structures has not been working out for us, and that's why we're making right. this change again. I cannot stress enough that this this governance model probably works for most churches. Um, yeah. You know, it's yeah. we we needed something more flexible. Well, it sounds to me like there was basically two cultures: mm-hmm. you know, the Correct. congregational, local yep. church congregational, yeah, and then holiday, the denomination, and the mm-hmm. denomination. Mm-hmm. And there's no denominational leader that's not going to try to keep a local congregation within the denomination, right? I mean, that would be their God ordained task, right? 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 So the missional objectives were at, I mean, were opposite. Yeah. That's right? right. That's right. Local church says, we're going to res- preserve our autonomy. We've had it. We're not about mm-hmm. to give it away. Right. And the uh, denominational leadership saying, we, we can't just let every local church go its own way. Right. Which, I, to a degree, I, I get it. Well, sure. I get it. I'm not, yeah, it's it's not a critique on that, you know, model. I, no, I no, get no, that. No, no, no. They're you perfectly know? justified uh-huh. in that. Absolutely. I mean, that's the responsibility. We put them in a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 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 danger for us is to spiritualize those yeah. those different missional commitments mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. don't have to be it doesn't it's not good over evil it's different objectives mm-hmm. within the larger body of Christ right 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 and sometimes uh sometimes you can work it out and sometimes you can't right so uh Paul and John Mark go their separate ways that's right uh so um well so is the honeymoon going to kick in again now? I hope so. <laughs> you know what? We just kicked off a great preaching series yesterday. And, you know, it was kind of cool yesterday because I I asked the congregation to consider fasting on Sunday. Okay. And that we broke the fast over lunch. Wait. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Fasting before they went to fasting breakfast. Fasting breakfast. Okay. Just a simple fast. All right. Okay. I said. I said to the to those who are willing, you want to fast all of Saturday. Great. Oh. Um, yeah. Starting Saturday. Yes, but okay. I would. I, I'm willing to venture that majority of the people that chose to fast fasted breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we had box lunches for everyone, so we all got to break bread together. And it was, you know. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So we had it after a, the vote. No, before the vote. Oh, before the vote, you yeah, did fellowship because worship, before the vote. Yeah, because worship ends at noon, and we had the congregational meeting and vote at twelve thirty, and so. Oh, so you ate together before you voted. Uh huh. It was beautiful. Whose idea was that? Is that your yeah, idea? It's probably know. your idea. I mean, you know, I mean, that's so, a, such a such a healthy thing to do to eat together before you take what could be a divisive vote. Yeah, and it was beautiful. I mean, our church and our we had a huge turnout for this vote. I mean, people showed up. Um, four times the amount than what we have for a normal congregational meeting. Right. Uh, or wow. Four times the amount of what we get right. for our annual meetings. This was a big People deal. were invested. People were invested. And as hard as it was, and knowing that there were contentious voices in the room, there was something really beautiful happening. It was a picture of the church that was committed to its future. Because the unity of believers is not... The, is not gra- is not contingent uh, upon 
agreement of opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. And and sometimes I think that we think our opinion is like the word of God must be the word of God, but right. we can have a different mm-hmm. opinion about matters and still be united. That's right. We absolutely yeah, but it's can. It's really hard for some people to understand that unity is not contingent on agreement. Unity right. is not contingent on unanimity. Right, right. So, I mean, to illustrate, so uh, we'll have a new board in a couple of weeks. We have annual elections and uh, orient new board members to the board meeting. And I tell them at the very first board meeting that I am not interested in unity, a pseudo unity, Mm -hmm. that they have permission in that board meeting to disagree with a pastor, to disagree with each other. And they don't have to vote yes if they don't believe yes. Mm -hmm. They're there to represent the congregation and they're there to represent themselves, their own convictions. Mm -hmm. And so a nine to three vote in a board doesn't indicate anything other than we see through a glass darkly. Mm But unanimity is not unity. Right. And I give my people permission to vote against the pastor's wishes. And then, of course, I defer. Mm -hmm. So, And we have some vocal folk, and we'll go around the room and and, uh, on votes that I think might be kind of uh, not unanimous, I'll call for a a, a voice vote all around the table. Mm -hmm. And they'll say yes, yes, yes. And they'll say no, no, yes. And... At the end of the meeting, we'll, I'll say thank you for representing mm-hmm. this congregation today. Yep. That's and so healthy. Thank you for uh, not for being true to yourself yeah. and your own convictions. Yeah. And it's so liberating. It is so liberating. It is so liberating. Um, we force unity by thinking unity is unanimity. That's right. That's right. I, You know, unity is the right, you know, so so the people that voted no. Um, yeah, the, yeah, so 5% voted yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know. We don't know. The election <laughs> yeah. has not been certified yeah. yet. <laughs> so, yeah. It could be 7%. Yep. It could yep. be 3. Yep, yep, yep. It could be, yeah, it could be 13%. Oh, it know? could be. All so, right. Okay. Uh, so, you know, let's just, those those people that voted no, um, they're not showing a lack of unity. No, they're voting their conviction. No. What unity looks like moving forward is us being able to look in the eye and saying, we disagree with this. But we're for one another yes. and we're for the church's future. Yeah. And no matter what happens, um, we are in this together and we're going to try to navigate this new normal and navigate um, through this with our disagreements and the hopes that we can make this a healthier place that is a picture of the kingdom. So um, I, I wish what we would celebrate in the church is that kind of fidelity. Mm-hmm. I know. And I know. We've we talked don't. about this, right? Yeah. Jesus didn't say, well done, good and successful servant, right? Mm-hmm. Good and faithful servant. And if if those outside the church saw more faithfulness to each other in spite of the difficulties, saw greater fidelity to each other, mm-hmm. uh, I think the, the, the witness of the Christ would be more evident. Yep. So, uh, have you been faithful? Yeah. Have are you faithful to each other? So you're you're modeling that, right? Mm-hmm. Evidently, mm-hmm. right? And they know that you're there, uh, not uh, not because you're vocationally opportunistic. You're there because you've loved this congregation. I love them so much. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they sense that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the most important thing you said. I wasn't at the meeting, obviously, but 
uh, I love you, I love this church, mm -hmm. is probably the most important thing a people could hear, yeah, ever hear. Yeah, I think so too. I do believe that. I do believe that. And, you know, I've talked often that I view shepherding through the lens of mothering. Yeah. And, you know, I, I view myself as, to a degree, a mother. And, and not in a hierarchical sense, but just in a nurturing sense. Right. And... You know, my kids and I, we, we have disagreements a lot about how much screen time can you have, you know, and about like how much, how many times am I going to let you eat pizza this week or have dessert this week or, you know, be, watch this on YouTube, you know, whatever it is. Um, disagreements happen all the time. But my kids know that I love them. And I you're not going I'm anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Here. And I say that to I say that to people who are anxious and afraid about the church. I say, well, regardless, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, so I'm, important. We're gonna, I'm, we're gonna work through this. Mm -hmm. And another thing, I always say, well, we go from here. So um, we always go from here. We don't go from yesterday. We don't go from a year right. ago. We go from here. Right. Regardless of where here is, we're gonna go from here. Right. And we shepherd from here because that is here. that is what shepherds do. We right. shepherd people from where they are. Right. And meet them there. Well, uh, we'll keep you informed mm -hmm. on on the for the more the the drama. I don't know, it's not drama, but the adventure mm -hmm. at Good Shepherd as they move through this period of of disaffiliation, yeah, is that the word? That's right. And uh, next time we will talk about uh, I'll share some of what's going on. I want to hear out. what's going on with you at Northern Seminary Northern and College Church. College this Church. This has been a, a fall of sorrow for this mm. pastor. Hmm. So I will share some of those okay. stories that I can. Look forward um, to that. Since this is the only place we get to catch up. I know. So, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, how's your <laughs> <Yeah>. life? <laughs> uh, so uh, this is just life in the church, folks. Yeah. This is just what we do, right? We just... Uh, lead in all kinds of contexts, all kinds of circumstances, yep. being faithful to our Lord and hopefully faithful to our people. That's right. And uh, for those of those who are listening, who we've had, we have folk that write in and tell us they're praying for us, which is such uh, it is it is such a such a reassuring, uh, such a powerful mm -hmm. word to have mm -hmm. you who Thank are listening you. say pray. So pray for Terabath as she continues to lead her congregation mm. as she does. And I'm thinking that, uh, I'm not sure the honeymoon is over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm excited. I, <laughs> I am so excited for the future. Well, there I, you go. I, I do not, I did not wake up this morning at all despondent about our future. I woke up giddy. Sweet. Yeah. 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 You were joyed. Yep. And overthrilled. I was joyed and overthrilled. <laughs> What a great place to end. Uh, all right. Uh, as you know, um, we are for the pastors. And yeah. We're, we're hoping that uh, you're able to continue your service in the church to your Lord. Uh, we believe in the call. We believe the call is redemptive. So. Yeah. Yeah. So may the Lord bless you. Until next time, my friends. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Yeah. That's really important. That means a lot to us. Thank you. Thank you.